0: Marguerite pointed at the geese that dabbled in the shadows further along the river. John pushed his horse on again, then stopped, pulling clumsily on the reins. He coughed harshly. In an instant I was beside him. John? He waved me aside, gripping his reins more firmly as if he would canter on, then dropped them, grinding a fist hard against the centre of his chest. We don't need to do this. I dug my fingers into his sleeve, "'trying to recover his reins at the same time touched by a sudden dread. "'I had never before seen John drop his reins. "'I need a moment, just a moment. "'And then a harsh, rattling breath in his chest, "'and I felt his weight press against my grip. "'I tightened it, but I knew I could not hold him. "'I need help,' I raised my voice. "'The servants were beside me in an instant.' But help did not come fast enough, and indeed I could not hold him. John toppled from saddle to the ground with a groan. I followed, abandoning both horses, sinking to the chill grass to take his head and shoulders across my lap. His face was ashen, lips pulled back in a rictus. Wine. His throat could barely form the word, but I found a wine container thrust into my hand by our falconer, and I held it to his lips. He could not drink. It splashed from his mouth onto his tunic, onto the grass. John, listen to me. I strove for calm. We will get you home where you can rest. He could not speak, his breathing becoming more laboured, and then with a cry of sheer agony, I felt the muscles in his body stiffen against the pain. What can we do? I looked up in momentary panic at the huntsman who had come to kneel by my side. He cannot ride. He must return to the castle and fetch a wagon. His hand closed over my shoulder. Not now, my lady. But we must. He cannot lie here. Not now. And at last hearing the words he would not speak. I looked down at John's face, where I saw the inexorable shadows gathered there, the grey pall of death. I knew it as I smoothed my hand over his forehead, down his cheek. I knew that death stalked him here in his own meadows, as well as I knew that I would still be alive on the morrow. Joanna, he whispered on a long exhalation, I'm here, I'm here with you. And that was the end. No more, no less. His eyes empty and sightless, every muscle in his face still after that final breath. How could a man leave this life so fast, with so little tremor in the movement of the world around us? I could not accept what my mind told me. How could it be that this man, who had laughed with his children, who had ridden across his own land with such energy not moments ago, was no more than the lifeless clay to which we would all one day return? Yet here was the truth. The heart beneath my hand no longer beat. John was dead. My dear John, with all his care and compassion, was dead. Of all my knowledge of tinctures and potions and salves, of the powerful value of herbs and plants, nothing would restore life to John's inert body. His bright spirit was gone. I looked up at the faces around, all looking down at us with various qualities of curiosity or horror. Our servants who saw the truth. My children, who still could not grasp the magnitude of what had happened. I found myself staring at my eldest son, at John's heir, who at ten years old was observing his father with some species of shock that had drained his young face of all its colour. He was now Duke of Brittany, with all the nobility and authority dependent on that great inheritance, so young, so inexperienced, so lacking in knowledge of the world. He would never prove to his father that he could read and write. He would never win the promised goshawk. I saw the instinctive swallow in his thin neck. Perhaps it was being driven home for him at last as I stood, and began to issue detailed instructions, dispatching two servants to fetch a carriage, for I was determined John would not travel on that final journey home across the saddle of his horse. He would return home to his castle with grace. So under my guidance, John was lifted onto the bed of a wagon, made seemly with a woollen coverlet, while I brushed the rime from his sleeves. Combed my fingers through his hair and replaced his hat so that the jewels glimmered bravely. I closed his eyes.